0: Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hello again, Wellness Wednesday for, um, with 3W, I don't know why I said four, but with 3W, that's how long I've been out of commission, guys. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our podcast, continuing to tune in every week. And our lovely, lovely Alejandra has been filling my spot as host and she's been doing such a wonderful job, but it's also really great to be back and really great to be taking over as host again for these podcasts. So thank you so much much for hanging in there and allowing me to spend some time with my new my new son. So that's been great. We have a really all of our guests are really special, but today we have a very special guest named Andra. She's special in so many ways, but specifically for me, she was my first first hire here at 3W. So I think you'll you know her name will be familiar with you because she's in a lot of our materials and I think some of her pictures are still part of it, right? (laughs) But she's, you know, she's a mom now and, and all of that stuff. And so it's so wonderful to have her back here and back in the fold, back in the mission. And she, you know, I asked Andra to come back for this podcast specifically because she has such a powerful story to share. And I was a little... You know, I I my friendship with Andra has been always very special to me. And I've, I was a little hesitant to ask her in the beginning because I was I don't know. I didn't know if it was like for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. And then as I've seen your progression, which will you know, which we'll get into a little bit more. But as I've seen you through the years grow from this, this story, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask, and you so graciously said yes. So thank you so much for yeah, no problem for doing this. So the topic that Andra is gonna share with us today is her experience with sexual trauma, sexual assault, incest, which is something that people just don't talk about. No, but it happens don't. all the time, unfortunately. So. Andra, can you just go ahead and dive into your story? And, and again, thank you so much for for sharing it. And I know that there's going to be people out there that's just gonna it's gonna really resonate with them. But when did this when did this all start? Yeah, thanks, Helen. So
1: it's kind of hard to think back all the way, but so I guess I could say my story started really when I was born, because. My abuser was my biological father, mm-hmm. and he did raise me also. But, you know, it is something that happens to a lot of people, unfortunately, which is why I wanted to come do this podcast and talk about it. But mm-hmm. I did start experiencing sexual abuse from my dad around the age of four, mm-hmm. and it just continued to progress and got you know, more traumatic and went on until maybe about the age of 17 or 18. And at that point, I, you know, moved out of the house and started going to college. And that's about when it ended officially. And I did have a younger sister that also experienced some abuse. I tried to shield her in a way and protect her. So I feel like, you know, I hopefully did a little. And and it was You know, a hard experience, obviously, but it was something that I didn't really acknowledge for many, many years. I either explained it away or decided it wasn't as bad as it was, or I also, I just, I knew to keep it a secret. He told me to keep it a secret, and Mm -hmm. it was also confusing because it was my my father, and there were, you know, no one is all evil, and there were good parts about him, and Mm -hmm there were times when we even had a good relationship outside of that trauma mm-hmm. and and just being raised in that environment it was hard to understand that you know someone you loved and respected could also be hurting you mm-hmm. he also did a very good job with keeping me very protected and almost brainwashing in a way to make me not really understand that I was different from other kids or that this wasn't happening to other kids. It was almost like this constant seed of confusion in my childhood where, you know, like it was just something we didn't talk about, but I also wasn't even completely sure it was that abnormal. And so it just kind of led mm-hmm. to a lifelong like secret that just was kind of pushed aside forever. And So, I went to college. I started at UW and the abuse had ended, but it was still a secret. I still hadn't told anybody. Mm -hmm. So, nobody knew. And I started attending at the University of Washington and I made some good friends there. And I started hanging out with other families and people more than I ever had in my life because Mm -hmm. my life had been kind of isolated to my family a lot. Mm -hmm. And I kind of started noticing that maybe it wasn't normal, just that other families were different, that I just kind of started to feel like something was off with Mm -hmm. what had happened. And, but I still hadn't really realized it, I suppose. And I also got, at the time I was studying public health at UW and -hmm. simultaneously I was getting very interested in healthcare, especially Mm -hmm. women's health and women's rights, and just really wanted to help people in that capacity. So I... In college also started volunteering with 3W before it was a thing mm-hmm. and so that was something that also gave me confidence and you know was kind of giving me independence and in learning about women's health you know I learned about women that had gone through sexual assault and abuse and kind of started thinking huh you know maybe this was actually what it was mm-hmm. and another factor was that I began to really grow in my faith at the time. I'm Mm -hmm. Catholic and Mm -hmm. I practice my Catholic faith and I got involved with a church group on campus. And just kind of growing closer to God in my faith helped me to realize my self-worth more and to realize what God wanted for people. And the way I was feeling and suffering with these secrets was not what he wanted the more that I got to know him. And I just... Was kind of, it, it sounds crazy because I was like 20 years old. And honestly, like, if you tell anyone about, you know, details about what happened to me, they would, you know, if you saw them, people would just say, well, of course that was abuse. But it's hard to explain. It's just like in my head, I didn't even realize it. Like yeah. I protected it. And it was normalized. It was normalized. And it was like if I had met somebody else and told me, and they told me this was happening to me, I would have been like, well, that's terrible. Tell the police. But somehow yeah. it just, the way that trauma and abusers can mess with your mind is that it just seems different somehow. Like he would even tell me things like, well, you know, I remember one time I was a little girl and he, maybe like 12 years old, and he told me, well, if this happened to somebody else, it might actually be abuse. But because it's happening to you, some sort of explanation for how it was different. And it's just, you know, you're a kid and it's your parent. And it's just, that's just something I want to emphasize is that, You know, there's a lot of people saying like, well, you know, this happens to you for 10, 15 years. Like, why didn't you say something? And it's just like the things that can happen, especially in a developing mind, it just for, you know, in a kid like that, it just can seem so distorted. You don't even realize it. Yeah. But yeah, so my faith, my women's health work was helping me kind of come to this realization. And then I started dating a wonderful man who I'm now married to Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the final thing that helped me come to the truth was that I was experiencing I guess human love for the first time in a Mm -hmm. way where I realized it just kind of helped it click that like this was love and that wasn't love and Mm -hmm. also like falling in love with someone makes you want to share everything about them and I just realized I can't move farther in this relationship without sharing what has become this like painful secret for me mm-hmm. um and so I ended up telling him I told him what had happened and and I you know he was shocked of course but very supportive and he I remember he told me like, you know, I'm going to support you in whatever you want to do, which is whether you want to turn him in or not, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to support you. And I kind of once I told him, I just had this feeling where I wanted to tell a lot of people, like I just wanted it out there and I started wanting t- to like heal and After I told one person, I also started feeling the trauma for the first time, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was like I would buried it all and I had all these like signs poking out and things that were hurting and like I was struggling with depression and anxiety, but I didn't know why. And then once I started talking about what had happened... Then I started having like flashbacks and nightmares and I started acting like how you would expect a typical trauma response to act, I guess, Mm -hmm. like feeling it for the first time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I ended up opening up to my sister who also supported me and had also gone through some of her own things in the home and Mm -hmm. she said, you know, we should turn him in. So that's what we did. And it all kind of culminated very crazily different parts of my life intersecting because at the same time I was getting very involved in 3W and that Mm -hmm. really helped me in the legal process interestingly because I was getting a lot Mm -hmm. of confidence from my work Mm -hmm. with you in the clinic Mm -hmm. and helping women where I felt like you know if I'm supporting women I need to support myself and that was very helpful for me to do that so you know I ended up turning him in and we went through the whole legal system and he, justice was served and he got sent to prison. And, yeah, you know, it was interesting because that's kind of when like the real work began. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that happened and it was very empowering. It was also very difficult mm-hmm. because a lot of women started coming to me that were like acquaintances or just people, acquaintances of acquaintances that heard about what had happened and they ended up coming to me and saying, you know, thank you for doing this. Thank you for, you know, going like trying to seek justice. And like I had something similar happen to me. I heard a lot of stories like, oh, this happened with me with a family member. This happened with me with a friend. This happened Mm -hmm. with me with a coach. And. You know, it's been 10, 20, 30 years and I've never told anyone. Mm. And that was really shocking to me in a way how prevalent it was to experience long-term or even short-term sexual abuse like that and then to just keep it inside forever. So I was going through a lot of my healing, but I kind of even at the time thought, you know, I really want to eventually talk about this more and make it, make women know like it's not their job to hold on to their abuser's actions against them. Like, they don't need to protect them for anything, and it's really harmful to keep it inside. And, mm-hmm. like, we we just need to normalize talking about it in, you know, like... I think because that'll help reduce it happening if people aren't so scared and shameful of hiding it, Mm -hmm. feeling like it's their fault, because it's not. Exactly. It's not your fault. Exactly. Like, if anything like this has happened to you, like, it's not your fault, because that was the biggest thing that I struggled with and I know is very common for people to feel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did anyone ever, did anyone in your life ever said it was your fault? Well, only my abuser. Yeah.
1: And that's something that you can hear. My dad would say, not that it was my fault, but would just make me feel culpable in ways like... Complicit. Complicit. Like, the reason you had to keep it a secret was because, you know, if you got caught, we'd both be equally in trouble or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like That's so manipulative, right? Yeah, a lot of manipulation. And I know not everyone, you know, some some sexual assaults are like full-on assault. Some are, you know, some are manipulative like that. But that's... Mm -hmm. That's a tactic that can be used. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I did feel like that. And then, I don't know. I think the other thing, looking back, is if you suspect something happening, it's not going to hurt anybody to inquire except for people will be embarrassed Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it's not. Because that was another thing. I also had people come to me that had known me my whole childhood and say, Oh, I always wondered, or this was weird or that was uncomfortable. I'm so sorry I didn't do anything. And it's really a few people. and huh. it's like, while, well, I accept their apology and I know that it's hard to speak up, it was like, well, I wish she did something too, you know? Yeah. Um, like yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so wow, that was, yeah. So that
0: was the, I guess, the history of it, yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you try to tell anyone when you were little? Um, I didn't. I
1: I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I just was so clear, I don't know, it just seemed so clear to keep it a secret that I really didn't tell anybody until I was, you know, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. But kind of after all of that had come to happen, then mm-hmm. I started focusing on my healing, mm-hmm. which was really the real
0: Battle. I learned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And what did that look like? Was it counseling? Was it therapy? Was it medication? So when I
1: was first starting to struggle, I guess, with the trauma symptoms, I did go on an antidepressant Mm -hmm. and I was on it until this past year. So maybe four or five years now. That really helped me just kind of sort through, I guess whatever my brain was doing to protect itself and be able Mm -hmm. to focus on things. So I did do that. And then I initially from the legal aid got a lot of support in doing like STI tests and Mm. got a pelvic exam done. And I was grateful for that because it was something I hadn't even thought of Mm -hmm. and it was good to get that done. And then they, they hooked me up initially with like a sexual assault guidance counselor and I started doing some counseling for the first time Mm -hmm. and it was great to go a couple years I would I saw people and just talked to them and just worked through initial feelings and that was you know it was good to just start talking like there was a few years where I just wanted to talk about it and just talk and talk I Mm -hmm. feel like and it was yeah seeing a counselor was very good for that. And then I feel like I kind of hit a really hard part. it was it was like I went to all this counseling. I was on medication, and the you know justice had been served, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, oh, I must be like fine now." And I got married, and I was got pregnant with my first son, and things were like very wonderful. And then I started feeling like, might have been the coming of my son and just thinking about, you know, having my own child. And I just, I started to struggle more. Mm. I started to have a lot of like panic attacks and flashbacks and nightmares almost daily that I hadn't Mm. experienced before. And that was, and so I was just kind of working on managing that for a while. And I ended up, also, like stepping down from my work at 3W to focus on my mental health because mm-hmm. I, I loved working here. I did. Yeah. Like yeah. we had so many fun times yes. in the beginning. <laughs> Helen <laughs> and I were the first employees. <laughs> so we would carry a printer from Starbucks to Starbucks <laughs> and, <laughs> before we had a clinic. Yes. And, you know, I loved getting it started. But I realized that, you know, I, if I was trying to work for women, I needed to take care of myself. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. That makes a lot of sense. I went to do that and I was struggling for a while until I I found a kind of therapy called EMDR mm-hmm. last year, which is, stands for, gosh, I just looked this up. It's <laughs> eye movement desensitizing and reprocessing. Okay. So basically what it does is it... <laughs> uses bilateral stimulation so they could do hand movements or sounds on either ear. The way my therapist does it is I hold a buzzer in each of my hands Uh and then you like close your eyes and just silently go into the most traumatic part of a memory and she starts buzzing between each hand. Uh And so it helps you process the memories on either side of your brain so that they process correctly. That is so interesting. It's crazy, yeah. And so basically a person that's suffering from PTSD how she explained it and I'm not like a psychology person so not 100% sure but she said people with PTSD have a lot of their trauma memories in their short term memory so they're always in fight or flight Mm. so that's why like you could hear something from a trauma memory and you could like freak out because it's you're in fight or flight mode Yeah. so what it does is it helps process them into your long term memory so you still remember them like you can remember that was a bad thing that happened to me but it's not
0: ready to like jump up on you all the time. And so, so it kind of like lingers there. Yeah. Until something triggers you, and then. Yeah. It comes. And that's
1: why you can have so many nightmares and yeah. stuff like that. And so it kind of like, yeah, it like puts it in your long term memory. So I've been doing that for the last like year and a half. There's a lot of memories to go through. So I still have some ways sure, to go. Sure. But you feel almost like instant relief once you get one done. And That's it's so cool. It's just like changed my life. Like I can't say enough for EMDR. Like there's some controversy about it. Some people say it doesn't work. I'm just saying it works. It works, works for, for, <laughs> it you. Works for yeah. me. <laughs> because I yeah, I've almost have like no flashbacks anymore, almost no nightmares. And wow. the biggest gift it's given me is the clarity to actually think about my trauma instead of just trying to manage it
0: yeah to move past it
1: yeah and that's what's given me the biggest healing is that you know the actual trauma and abuse acts can be so hard that you can never move past them but like being able to yeah like not be focused on that so much i was able to just think more about you know why it might have happened and realize mm-hmm. that i'm never going to understand the why but the big thing was that i was able to you know bite off and chew that it did happen and also just let go of my anger at my dad that's mm-hmm. been the other biggest healing thing for me mm-hmm. is i've just been like you know cuz i had a lot of anger at him i felt like a lot of stuff was stolen from me and just having to having gone through therapy and gone through this healing and praying with my faith and support from my family I've come to a spot where I'm saying like, you know, I'm not mad at him anymore because it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I just, I I want him to be able to accept that he did it because he's not, he hasn't. He's still oh, denying it. he's still it. denying it? He's still denying it. Okay. So that's been like the point where I want that for him, not for myself, but for him. Like yeah. I want him to come to peace. I want him
0: to... Own up to it. Own up to it and
1: also just become a better person. Because I feel like it's like some people, I've heard a lot of, like when a lot of people have, you know, heard what happened or hear about abuse, abusers in general, they'll be like, oh, throw away the key. I hope he gets killed or raped in prison or Mm. suffers forever. And to me, that didn't make me feel better because I don't know, like if you go through so much hurt, it's easy to just want more hurt for people, mm-hmm. but that's not going to make the world better <laughs> or yeah. anyone feel better. Yeah, And so that's been the most healing thing for me is that I don't want him to get hurt. I want him to find peace and somehow become a good person in there. And that would be what brings me the most peace. So that's yeah. what I pray for. Yeah, And doing therapy and everything that I talked about is what kind of got me to that conclusion. And that's just like mellowed me out (laughs) yeah 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 sorry i've been talking so much no
0: (laughs) no thank you for just laying it out there for people because like you said there's so many people that came up to you after you shared their story and said i've been through the same thing i've i've had someone in my life that's gone through the same thing Mm -hmm. it is way more prevalent than we think unfortunately it is yeah And it's, it, you shouldn't have to go through it alone. Mm -mm. You, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to unpack it on your own. Right. And there is healing. There is hope. There is. I think there is,
1: it's a devastating thing, obviously. And it's something that can really break you. And it's something that I'll always carry. Mm -hmm. But I think it's easy to feel like there's no recovery from it and yeah I want people to know that there is like you can have a completely full and happy life and you don't have to go around telling your story like you know some people want to be more private about it and that's fine but sure I think the most important thing is you know to acknowledge that it happened to yourself and you know just seek whatever your healing looks Mm -hmm. like for you like Mm -hmm. you know it needs to be acknowledged, it needs to be called out as not being okay, and there shouldn't be any, like, women should know that the twists and explanations that their abusers are giving them are just manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's I think the most it's important brainwashing.
0: thing. brainwashing. It is. And, and you had to deal with that at such a young age.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people have to, and it's it's hard yeah. to undo that. But you can. Mm-hmm. And I'm Living proof of it. Honestly happy like now. Like yeah. I even like four years ago wouldn't have thought I could ever be happy and I yeah. am. Like I'm married and I have a baby and well actually he's two and yeah. I'm going <laughs> to have another baby in the fall and I'm going to have two sons and that's given me the most meaning out of anything where I realized that, you know, life is hard but I can give these two boys an innocent childhood that I didn't have. And Mm -hmm. I can have healing through that too. Like Mm -hmm. I can raise these sons to experience just innocent childhood bliss. And then Mm -hmm. when they grow to be men, I can teach them, you know, to respect people. People always talk about raising your boys to respect women, you know, and to not be abusers, but on the same end to own their worth and yeah. their body's worth, and to yeah. not accept anybody hurting them either. And sure. that's an amazing challenge to be given. It's like I felt so failed by my father, but you know, you don't have to just be failed and then be done. You can make the cycle
0: better with your generation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that one? Are you? Do you think that you're gonna? Share your story with your kids, and when do you think that's going to be? Or that's something that my husband and I have talked about for sure, and
1: are not entirely decided. I am decided that I will, I will definitely share my story with them, but I don't know when, how, or when. And yeah, it'll probably depend on the individual child and i'm sure they will ask Mm -hmm. at some point about i don't know where that grandfather is or Mm -hmm. if they unfortunately in this world you know they will encounter hearing things about abuse or assault in their life and
0: yeah
1: you know i i'm kind of just praying that when the time for it comes i will know and it'll come up and i will share it with them and Probably sometime when they're, like, young teenagers, I'm thinking, and Mm -hmm. can handle it more. But I definitely want to approach it with them as, like, not a tragedy, but a, you know, something that happened. But this is, like, what grew out of it. Like They grew out of it. They grew out of it. And I think that's an important thing. Like, when things happen like this, it's not... The end point is not the tragedy and the pity, and everybody dies and is sad. It's like
0: mm-hmm. amazing things come out of terrible things, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think some of you know some folks out there might be thinking like i I get to see this firsthand. I got to see, you know, like you have a family now, and you have like a, such a healthy relationship with people in your life now. And I think I think some people might think like how how were you able to like have kids you know <laughs> and like trust another man and and all mm-hmm. of that stuff and and what how, what would your response be to because I yeah. I would think like I wouldn't want anyone to touch me anymore yeah I wouldn't trust men anymore or something like that yeah what did did you. You know, you shared, you said you shared your story with your now spouse and he, was he an example of like what men should be like and yeah. and that's helped you, sh- you kind of like get over that hump or?
1: I think it, yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge, you know, everyone's experiences are different and there's mm-hmm. definitely some women that maybe wouldn't you know, feel comfortable having an intimate relationship Mm -hmm. even ever afterwards. And I think that's perfectly fine. And for me, I don't know, it's a little hard to explain, but it's my husband was my my first serious relationship I'd ever been in. And Mm -hmm. it was just such a contrast, I guess, because he's just such an amazing person and just so – selfless and loving. And the number one thing is that he never, you know, took advantage of me or has never belittled me in any way. Mm -hmm. So it was just so much respect from him, our whole relationship that I was able to, I guess, separate it fully. Like there was such disrespect Mm -hmm. from the abuse I suffered from with my dad that seeing the complete opposite of respect in my boyfriend and then fiance and husband Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just made me really able to be like, that wasn't love and this is love. And I was able to separate that when our relationship became like physical and sexual, that that was how it was supposed to be. And even though perhaps some of the physical acts were like similar in nature, they just felt different because like the love was there. And I think- And I think that's true even, like, outside of abuse, like, just in general, like, your sexual relationships, it's like, you know, if, you you know, you could be feeling used if it's just someone using it for physical pleasure for each other, or it can be coming out of love. And I think that is just the difference is, yeah, the love was healing.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a great thing that you just brought up, because I think as women – no matter what you say, as women, we approach sex and intimacy different yes. than men. <laughs> there is a difference, and that difference is good. Mm-hmm. And we know. We know when it feels a certain way, mm-hmm. and we know when it feels not a certain way. Yeah. Um. And I, I just, yeah, I think we just need to own it. You know, I think a lot of us, yeah. um, a lot of people. A lot of people out there, it's like, oh, it's just sex. No, it's not.
1: You deserve respect and love, and like that. Yes, in you every, don't have to go through a trauma to deserve it. You yes. deserve it no matter what.
0: Yeah, in any, <laughs> in every and any sexual experience. Yes, if it's mutual and approached in a way that is loving and honoring of the other person, it feels different. Yeah, and we know it. Our mm-hmm. gut tells us. Yeah what if someone's going through this right now out there what do you want to say to them hmm.
1: i would want to say to them that they're not alone first of all mm-hmm. and that people will believe them
0: mm.
1: i think that was a big thing That's, for me is yeah i my my father was very respected in the community Oh. And there were a lot of people that would tell me how, you know, we seem to have a perfect family or I was so lucky to have such a good father. And it's easy to feel like as a little girl that, well, then nobody would believe me if I said he was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. Like people people will believe you when you tell the truth, like the truth will be heard. Mm-hmm. And also that like, it's going to be okay. I was talking to a priest about this a couple of years ago. I went for, you know, I was going to mental health counseling, but I also would sometimes go talk to a priest for spiritual guidance as well, because there's just so many facets to work through when you're processing trauma. And he told me, because so I told him I was feeling a big disconnect from the little girl that had been abused and who I was now. And I didn't feel like it was the same person. Mm. I didn't know how to heal her. And he told me to just reach out to her in my mind and Mm. hold her hand and show her who I was today. And like, it's hard to see. And, you know, when you're suffering through it, but it's like, I just want them to know that like they're, they can still, you know, be their own person, like. Mm -hmm. Who they are today doesn't have
0: to be who they're always going to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That there's hope, that there's change, that there's healing.
1: Yeah. And having things happen to you doesn't – they aren't qualities of who you are. Like Mm -hmm. you're
0: strong and you can get through it. (laughs) Especially if it was done to you. Exactly. You did not ask for it.
1: Yeah. Things – Things that other people have done to you are their sins, not yours. Like yeah. they are their faults, and yeah. you don't need to carry that.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that the 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 justice system, you know, all of the trial and all of that stuff? Like, do you feel like you that was helpful in in reaching some sort of healing as well?
1: Yes, but not as much as perhaps someone would think. Okay. I don't want that to be misinterpreted. I really think that when people can, they should pursue justice and I think that it happens far less often like mm-hmm. than it should. Mm-hmm. I the fact that I was able to have my crimes brought to trial, prosecuted and you know like imprisoned is really amazing because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen a lot. And mm-hmm. so I think that every woman should at least see if they can pursue it if that's what they want to do. But I think it's important to know that that's. That's like one piece. Yeah. It's like a physical healing. Like, you know, often abusers are a danger and it's great to get them, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can't abuse other people. Put away. Yeah. Put away. Like, you know, and I think that there's a lot of hate put on the legal system a lot of times, but the people I met were amazing. They wanted to help people. Like the attorney I worked with was the most compassionate man I've like ever met. And Mm. so they're trying to help, you know, they're trying to help. They're doing their best, but getting someone sentenced to 20 years is not going to heal you. I think that's just an important thing to hear is like, yeah, it's good to do. Maybe it should be done. It's a start, but you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess just don't put all your like hope in that. Like, if I just get them to go to prison, I'll be fine. Mm. I don't know because that was kind of when my like work on myself started. It was like I wanted to be protective of you know other people so he couldn't hurt them, but then I then I needed to focus on myself. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you want for your future as you continue to heal and and make progress? Mm-hmm. Where is, is there some sort of goal that you're aiming for of where you're like, finally, I'm just completely <laughs> free and I don't have to talk about it anymore. Like, <laughs> is that something or mm. I don't know? Like, Yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't say I have a, a specific goal, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, everyone will have their own way mm-hmm. of either handling their trauma and some people might you know, want to handle it for themselves and then just go about their life. And for me, I do feel a call to share my story in some ways, like I'm mm-hmm. doing now. But mm-hmm. I feel, I don't know what the end goal is, but I, as I've kind of gotten to, it's really very recent that I feel like I'm in a very healthy place. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling more like, I feel like I somehow want to find a way to bring awareness to it and try and, reduce you know sexual assault and especially familial sexual abuse but I don't have a goal I'm just kind of going where the spirit leads me I guess (laughs) so Yeah. yeah yeah but in terms of healing goals I don't I don't have expectations for myself because I know like there will always be hard times and sure I guess the only thing is I just want to be cautious like I know sometimes I might be doing worse than I'm doing now and that's fine Mm -hmm. and that's part of the process yeah and i think that's important that's my only goal is to not get discouraged if i you know have a bad month or even a bad year i just have to Mm -hmm. remember like i'm still myself and i can keep working
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well thank you so much no problem for sharing your story it's it's you know i've known you for quite a long time time now
1: I don't even know how long I
0: know I feel like it's been forever but (laughs) which is great but hearing it just you know it never gets easy hearing it we're sitting in one of the exam rooms because we will get a podcast studio (laughs) one of these days that's like another podcast I'll talk about um, in another episode but we're sitting in one of our exam rooms and there's like a little framed saying and it says life is tough my darling but so are you and that's what I think about you
1: Oh, thanks, Helen. Well, I so, think you're tough too.
0: <laughs> thank you. In an annoying way, not a sweet way like you, but <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. But thank you so much for again just telling your story, putting putting yourself out there, and I know there's going to be so many people that are going to benefit from hearing this. And I hope that they I hope that they know that they can come to 3W and talk about this with our medical providers and know that they would be, we would believe them yes. and that they would they would be supported and loved and, you know, we want to be a part of your healing journey, whatever part that is, and that we we have connections in the community. We we have someone mm-hmm. like Andra, you know, who you can, I don't know, maybe down the road, you know, connect with her or something like that. I'm sure you'll be open. We'll be I open am. to that.
1: Yeah, and 3W... <laughs> Like everyone that works here is so compassionate and amazing. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah, I would have loved to have support at a place like this. And I did, you know, in a way through working here. And yeah, yeah, I think it's great what you guys are doing. And, you know, I've been out of the 3W scene the last couple of years and I'm recently kind of coming back. back and yeah. kind of just feeling called to like do more work with you guys again. So I would
0: That's love amazing. to stuff in this vein of work with you guys <laughs> yeah yeah it's yes. women's health right it's women's physical health it's mental health it's about healing it's about reaching some sort of conclusion or or whatever it is for you in this mm-hmm. moment of your life that yeah. we'd be honored to walk alongside you and partner with you with whatever it is that you want to do so yeah. yeah we're just gonna have to
1: excited to find out what it is. <laughs> Yeah, is <laughs> we'll just have to see
0: <laughs> yeah well thank you again andra and i know this won't be a one-off episode so i'm i'm you know i already am thinking of different episodes to have andra kind of contribute to please stay tuned and and share share this episode with your community you know if you know of someone that's going through this if you kind of think something like this is going on with someone that you know maybe send them this podcast and it could start a conversation maybe that's a little bit easier yeah i like that (laughs) yeah like i said the more we talk about it the more the you know perpetrators can't have that hold on us anymore
1: yeah they don't have their power over you isn't real
0: yeah thank you thank you for listening and till the next time till the next episode thank you so much thank you For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay healthy and be well.